Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 124. I gave this talk on uh, this teaching really, on, it was on Good Friday, so we're sort of going back before we start to talk about, before I want to do a teaching on Resurrection and Easter that we've just celebrated on Sunday. I want to go back and pick up on this teaching that I gave on Good Friday, which was April 15th. And I think the, the reason I want to pick up on the Good Friday teaching is, is because I don't really think that we can comprehend at all uh, what's happening on Easter Sunday unless we understand Good Friday. In other words, there really isn't any Easter unless there's a Good Friday, which is, of course, the day that Jesus died. Yeah, you know, Jesus, unlike us, never avoided the subject of his death. In fact, he spoke about it quite a bit. He predicted his death and resurrection many times, uh, at least three times, or really clearly three times, but more than that. And for Jesus... You know, he would say to tell his students, you know, I'm going to Jerusalem, I will die, I will suffer. And he also spoke about his resurrection on the third day, but no one paid any attention to that whole idea of a resurrection. It was so, I guess it was so... Uh, unbelievable, they, they, they couldn't grasp it. And you know what happens when we can't grasp something is we often tune out. So for Jesus, even though he did speak about his death and resurrection or his rising and dying or dying and rising, he always speaks about death and resurrection in the one sentence. So I want to look at why Christ died, I want to look at one aspect of that and apply it to us. Because, uh, as again, as like I said, you know, we're never really going to understand resurrection. And it's not even something that we understand. I think that resurrection is something that we experience. And I think that death is something that we experience, not just our last breath, you know, when we're dead and gone from this world. But I think that long before we take our final breath, there's going to be many, many, many little deaths, so to speak. Right? I suppose a modern way of talking about death to self would be dying to our ego. Maybe that would be a modern concept. Not a modern concept, a modern way of talking about something that's ancient. So here's, here's the thing about Good Friday. As you probably already know, Jesus had many enemies, which is why he ended up on the cross dying in the first place. He had many enemies, and particular, particularly he had people against him who were religious the Pharisees. The religious leaders of his day were skeptical. They ridiculed him. They didn't believe he was sent by God. Now, this isn't every single Pharisee because we can't really, uh, you know, paint a whole group of people with one brush. But 
certainly in the New Testament, when he's arguing with people, it tends to be religious people. They didn't believe he was sent by God. They didn't believe he was the Son of God. They didn't believe he was the long-awaited Messiah that the ancient people had been waiting for. In fact, they said the opposite. Some of them said that he was from the devil, meaning that he was about as far opposite of God as you could get. So there was tremendous hostility between Jesus and the religious leaders. And Jesus called them out on this. He had all sorts of choice descriptions for them. You know, he, he was not a passive person. You know, we think of Jesus as being, you know, gentle and tender and mild. And yeah, he was, all those, he was. But he was absolutely not passive. And he called these people who opposed him a brood of vipers, you know, a bunch of snakes, such great hostility. And one day, this is from Matthew 12, one day, uh, some of the Pharisees asked Jesus for proof. Actually, they wanted a miracle that would once and for all convince them beyond the shadow of a doubt that he was sent from God. So they're basically saying, look, we want you to prove to us that you really are from God. And what we want is we want you to do a miracle for us. Well, you can imagine how that went, right? Jesus was never one to perform miracles just for the sake of wowing people. And he said to them, no, I'm not giving you a miracle. I'm not giving you a miracle on command. What I will give you is this. I will give you the sign of Jonah. And then he goes on to say this line. He says, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish. So will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now he's speaking about his death. The Son of Man, that's how he, self-designation, he, he would always refer to himself as the Son of Man. So will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, that could be a bit obscure to us, but it wasn't so obscure to the first listeners because, remember, he's speaking to religious leaders and these first listeners would have been familiar with the story of Jonah. Uh, because Jonah lived over 700 years before Jesus walked on the earth. And actually, if you've never read the book of Jonah, it is well worth reading. It's very short. It's only about four chapters, but it was, it's absolutely filled with so many wonderful spiritual truths. But I'll just give you the basic, the basic story is, Jonah was a reluctant prophet and he didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. God called him and said, I want you to go to Nineveh. God said, I 
I'm very aware of the violence of the people of Nineveh, and it's got to stop. And Jonah, you are my spokesman, you're my prophet, and I want you to go there to Nineveh, and I want you to tell them they better change their ways or calamity will surely befall them. And Jonah doesn't like the Ninevites, and so he runs in the opposite direction, gets on a ship, and sets off sail to Tarshish. Now, while he's sailing to this city port, the ship gets caught in a storm. And Jonah says to all the passengers, look, you know what? I know why this is happening. This is happening because I'm running from God. So you better just toss me overboard and then you'll all be safe. Oh, no, no, we can't do that. No, he says, you're, you're going to have to do it because we're going down. We are going down and I am pretty sure this is my fault because I shouldn't even be on this boat in the first place. And the passengers toss him over and this massive fish that God provides swallows him. And there he is in the deep, dark fish belly. And guess what happens when he's in the fish belly? Yeah, he starts to, well, he's scared, obviously, right? So he starts to call out to God. He starts to pray. And as, well, this is what, this is what happens to us, right? When we go through horrible times and when we, we feel, we feel like we're in the dark fish belly, we suddenly get very, very open to God. This is the way humans are. We suffer. God gets our attention. Jonah's in the fish belly. God has his full attention. Well, the text tells us in Jonah that God instructs the fish to spit Jonah out on the seashore. And he lives to tell the tale. And he gets on with the task. Off he goes to Nineveh to say, you know, God's aware of what's going on, and you better change your ways. So, anyway, I won't go into the rest of the story. It's a great story, but going back to the Pharisees, they said, look, we want a sign to prove that you are who you say you are, because we don't believe you. And Jesus says, I'm not giving you any miracles, but what I will give you is, I'll give you the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So it's a way of predicting his death, isn't it? I mean, it's highly creative, of course, but most of Jesus, all of Jesus' teaching is, right? Highly creative way of saying, just like Jonah, there he is sitting in the dark in the, in the fish belly tomb. I will die. The cross, the death of Christ, looks like the end. Just like it looked like it was the end for Jonah. However, God had another, another plan. 
And by the way, Jesus didn't say, I'll be raising myself up. When he talks about resurrection, he always says, I will be raised up. Which is just kind of interesting that he's trusting in his heavenly father, really, isn't he? So, same thing with Jesus, you know, same with Jesus, the cross, the death of Christ, as far as the disciples are concerned, the worst thing that could happen would be Jesus dying. The absolute worst thing. How could any good come from this? This is how we are too. We often assume we know the whole story, right? The worst thing that could happen, as far as the disciples are concerned, happened on Good Friday. But obviously, God had another plan. Obviously. Now, why this whole idea of the cross is is important, this is one way of looking at things. Um, Christ, what, what happens to Christ happens to us. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. There's going to be times when we're feeling hopeless, when we're feeling stuck, when we're feeling like we're in a dark place. There's going to be times where we just do not see light at the end of the tunnel. I don't think I can save myself from this situation. Or I don't think I can fix this problem. This is so hopeless. It's looking like the cross. It's looking like that massive fish that swallowed Jonah. The cross, the whale, even physical death itself, they're all ways of talking about uh, situations, circumstances, trouble, chaos that I cannot fix. I can't rescue myself. And what the cross says is you don't have to rescue yourself because you don't get the final word. There's a provision. There's a provision. Uh, We can barely grasp it. We can barely understand it. We maybe get hints of it. But that's what it means. The provision is we're joined to Christ. You know, when we're talking about being a follower of Christ, Jesus Jesus would say, we're yoked together. You know, we're together in this. Um... Paul writes about this, the Apostle Paul writes about this in Romans 6. He says, and he's talking about what it means that we are partnered with Christ, what it means that we're joined to Christ. He says, that's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it's like we're We're buried like Jesus. And when we're raised up out the water, it's like we're resurrected like Jesus. Now, this is obviously a mystical teaching. But what he's saying is, is that there's something about the cross. 
There's something about the death of Christ that makes life possible. Transformation happens in death. You can't get to resurrection without death, right? Both are needed. So, for example, if you want to see some change in yourself, let's take, take a common example. Let's say you've been deeply, deeply hurt in the past and you're carrying about, you're carrying with you a tremendous amount of hostility and anger toward another person. There is no way you're going to get free of that until you die to that, until you let that go, until that is no longer a part of you. And when that death happens with, obviously, we need the help of God for this, then we can start to live a new resurrected life without carrying all that unforgiveness with us. See what I mean? I just use that as an example. That's an example of forgiveness, but it could be anything really. It could, you know, when we talk about, when people say, oh, I need to let that go. Another way of talking about that is what the scripture would say is you need to die to that. Or you could talk about surrender. The old writers used to speak about surrendering to God. You could surrender anger. You could surrender bitterness. You could surrender addiction. You could, I mean, and this isn't a one-off thing. This is something that we're doing all the time. But it's in the surrendering or it's in the death. Or you could say nailing it to the cross all the same thing. It's just using language in different ways. We're releasing, we're dying with Christ so that we can be raised up into new life. So you see why it's so necessary to have Good Friday before uh, we can have Easter. We have to learn how to allow God, in a way, to put to death certain things in us that are stealing abundant life, right? So if we're really bitter, that's, that's taking away our life today. It's taking away our joy. If we're really fearful, if we're really stressed, if we're really anxious, if we're really worried, all these things are joy stealers. These things, St. Paul would say, his language is, you know what? That was drowned in baptism. You can be raised up into new life. It's a way of speaking about releasing all these things and then allowing God to resurrect something new, something changed, something different coming to life. You can see this whole business of death and resurrection. It's, it's, in the, it's in the design all around us. You can see this in spring in the Northern Hemisphere. I mean, it's not just <laughs> spiritually speaking, it's actually even in nature, things have to die before they can rise, right? Even in the plant world, it's not just 
you know, growing, 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 and that's all it does. No. There's a dormant time. There's a dark time. There's a death time. And then there's a lifetime. And out of death comes life. We see this all around us in the plants and in nature. It's some something similar to that that happens in our spiritual lives and our emotional lives. We are put to death so that new life can come. So it's something to ponder, it's something to think about. It's certainly not something to run away from, although I totally understand why Jonah would want to run away from doing something that he's frightened to do. That makes total sense to me. And how he ended up in the fish belly because he didn't want to do the hard thing. That makes total sense to me. But we have a God that provides, that provides a way back and provides a way through. You always have to go through the hard stuff. There's no skirting around. You can't miss a Good Friday and then just get to the Easter time of celebration. You know, Jesus shows us that very clearly. He goes through death, then on out into the other side. Yeah, and it's something that God does for us. We don't raise ourselves, you know. We don't fix ourselves. The pressure's off us in some ways. And in many ways it's off us. Our part is really an openness to have God do whatever God needs to be to do, to do in us to bring us to new life, to help us experience that resurrection. Yeah, there's the prayer, there's the heart cry. God, help me to, help me to look at the hard stuff so that I can come out the other side. Help me not to avoid all the difficulties, but help me to be like Jesus and be courageous enough to go through all the difficult things so that I can experience new life and resurrection on the other side. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.